0: proud to present beer radio that turns ordinary homebrew home into award-winning fear. The Jameel Show, Woo-hoo! and now your hosts Jameel Zenaschef and John. Please say.
1: Heidi ho, my brewing brothers and sisters. Heidi <laughs> ho. Heidi <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Hoppy ho. Hoppy ho, my brewing brothers and sisters.
2: Sir hops a lot over here.
1: Yes, uh, we, and that's appropriate because we are talking about, uh, Imperial IPA. To the
2: second to, power.
1: Yes, big IPAs. Uh, which is, uh, pretty popular out here. Mm-hmm. But before we, we get into that, I wanted to do a little, uh, listener email here. Oh, nice. And we got one here from uh, our good buddy uh, Jason, who uh, some of you might know as Oz.
2: Oh, oh good.
1: Yeah, great guy. Our down-under right friend. Yes. And uh, he says, "Good day, mate. I was planning to brew a mile and want, uh, waited for your mild show. However, I thought I was listening to Lunch Meat, or worse still, Graham Sanders. <laughs> it took you about 25 minutes to actually talk about the style, so I think you need to do it over again and get it right this time. However, I made the mild, but very little from your recipe. I have attached copy for you to look at. Uh, main problem I had was it was under attenuated, and I have similar problems before with similar brews. Thought it may be the amount of crystal or maybe the uh, Safale O uh, Four just can't cope. Uh, two sachets and fifty liters finished at ten nineteen. Still a uh, effing brilliant beer. Uh, in fact, uh, first test of this at nine a.m. this morning, and I'm still going. Wow. <laughs> Uh and I get it at like two forty three AM, so uh I don't know what time that would work out to be how many hours. Uh kept a CO two to about one volume serving out of a sparkler. Uh you rock mate, Oz. Uh Yeah, yeah, uh I think uh two things. One is I think he's right. I think uh we're really kind of uh, especially the Belgian Pale Ale show. Yeah. I told him don't don't bother listening because yeah.
2: We just BS too long or
1: Yeah, there's too much yimmy y- 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 yammer and and uh on and the other thing is uh finishing out ten nineteen, I think, you know, you want to target um, a finishing gravity on those those small beers. Uh yeah, that's a little high, but uh you don't want more than, you know, two thirds attenuation, sixty six. You know, that so uh you know, getting less attenuation that's okay. And a lot of that'll come from uh You know, mash temp from, uh, uh, the type of crystal malts and things like that. Those are all unfermentable. And you want that. You want that to to give it some body and all that. You need, uh, you need, you need some residuals to it to to fill it out. And it's, it's a big part of it. But 1019,
2: that's, that's really high.
1: Right. Especially if you're starting at like, uh, you know, 1030 something. That's about 50% attenuation. Wow. Uh, so, you know, you'd want to get it down around, you know, 12, 10, 12 or so, you know, three Play-Doh.
2: I wonder if he matched tie by accident.
1: Yeah, I think we worked it out, but I can't remember what the, what the, uh, hmm. what the issue was, or he figured it out. I, I didn't really offer anything useful, probably. Well, Oz knows his stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's, he's a great guy, and I think, again, out. I think, uh, I think he was right. I think we need to, uh, focus more and, uh, get back to our, our more technical, uh, dealings with the style and dig right in and get to the important stuff
2: yes we should yeah
1: and i know you appreciate that too. i do me i'm just you know lunch meat uh you look like a person in disguise You know, yeah. kind <laughs> with the boys yeah all right <clears throat> so we're going to talk about imperial ipa today mm-hmm. and uh um,
2: what is an ipa yeah
1: <sighs> so john tell us what's what's uh what's your take on imperial ipa what is it what does it taste like smell like look like
2: Let's see, an Imperial IPA would be huge in hop. Um, killer aroma, you know uh hop aroma, yeah. yeah. Hop aroma for sure. Grassy. Well grassy um dirty floral floral. I guess you could do this, too. Um, Not really malty. Just throwing in a few extra descriptors. Just some some body to it to mask the large amount of hops that you're using. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you definitely want it well attenuated. Uh You don't want residual sweetness because then it'll be just too sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, Or too
1: much. There's always some residual sweetness, but you don't want too much. Yeah, that's
2: an excellent point. Definitely a high-gravity beer, you know, Mm -hmm. 1075-plus to Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But not really barley Mm wine-like because you don't want it hot on alcohol. Right. Um, I would say most people probably dry hop these just to get that hop aroma. Mm-hmm. And bitter, I would say reach the threshold with bitterness, you know, add in, add in as much hops as you can and reach as high as gravity as you can in your mash, and that will be your IPA squared, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would say it's, it's just a so big beer just gone Super big.
1: What What are some good commercial examples? What's What's your favorite? Uh,
2: There's two only that I like. Uh huh. It's Rogue. Uh huh. And Russian River. Pliny the Elder. Uh huh. So those two alone are
1: a couple of excellent but, examples.
2: But the it's interesting. they're Rogue is more malt pronounced, but it's got some really good bitterness. Uh huh. It doesn't really have the aroma like Pliny the Elder has. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, very uh, Vin- few have
1: the aroma of plenty. Yeah. Of the
2: well, Vinny's a master of the IPAs, pretty much. I mean, that plenty. The other, it's, it's. I think in more beers kit, he uses over a pound of hops just for five gallons mm-hmm. um, for an extract batch. But those are my two favorite. I like Rogues just because it's it's not too bitter. I'm not really a, a guy that likes bitterness that much. Mm-hmm. Um And I it's just a high gravity, well hopped, balanced beer, mm-hmm. malty, eight percent alcohol. All right. You know.
1: And what, what do these look like? What's the, the appearance of these Copper,
2: things? Copper, you know, amber in color, usually, mm-hmm. probably just from a lot of malt and long boil, just to reach that gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. Right. It can pro- probably get mm-hmm. almost to red in color. Yeah. If you wanted to. Um, I was actually thinking about, I had a dream about this last night. Wouldn't yeah. it be awesome to have like a blood red, double IPA, just almost like, you know, just ruby red and hoppy? That'd be good.
1: Synergy, evil mm-hmm. twin. Evil twin, there you Recipe. go. Yeah, pretty close to that. You could, you can bump up the gravity a little bit and, uh, get right in there. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I went to, uh, Hop Union's Hop School up in Yakima, Washington this, this last week. How was that? That was fantastic. Did you learn anything? Uh, yeah, I learned a few things yeah. and they, they had some interesting, uh, speakers and, uh, and we also got to tour the hop facility there, see how they make, uh, how they process the hops, how they make the hop pellets, uh, where they store them, how they get them in from the growers, and we went out to to uh, a farm. Wow, cool! And we got to see, uh, you know, one of the uh, good sized farms, 750 acres. They have uh, of hops. Wow,
2: that's a lot of hops!
1: And they have uh, these incredible machinery, and uh, uh, you know, just just seeing the whole process is is incredible. Mm. And uh, they have some experimental hops. They got uh, all sorts of really cool stuff going on. Experimental.
2: And what, what do you mean by Yeah, yeah.
1: well, uh, new varieties that they're trying to bring to, uh, bring to market. Interesting. So they're all kind of working up there cooperatively and uh, just just fantastic. And then uh, uh, Ralph Olson, uh, Hop Union, he brings in uh, a bunch of different uh, uh, speakers about hops. There was somebody from Dogfish Head that's, that spoke. There's somebody from uh, Pizza Port. There's somebody from uh, Firestone. There's... Uh, Uh, I'm probably even, I'm leaving Vinny out here. Uh, no, Vinny wasn't there. Uh, Um, dogfish. Yeah. And, uh, a a guy from, uh, uh, the guys who do, uh, the, the, Jenny cream ale, um, uh, their, their craft brew section of it. Anyways, uh, what was really cool was, uh, they had a lot of, uh, uh, science that, uh, Sierra Nevada, a lot of testing that they had done with their gas chromatograph, um, on some double IPAs. And so oh. we got to see that information. We got to sample side by side eight different, uh, imperial IPAs. Wow. And, uh, we, I have all the, uh, uh data on that that, uh, Sierra Nevada ran for, uh, for, for this, uh, thing. Uh, very cool.
2: And, uh. What does a gas chromatograph
1: do? It, it breaks down all the, Compounds into, uh, you know, tells you how, what the levels of the different compounds in there.
2: Just from hops that exists From in
1: everything. Oh, okay. You know, like break down, uh, break down everything, but they identify certain things and, uh, uh, tell you how much are, uh, what the level of, and this focused on the hops, of course. Okay. But one of the things was the best examples, uh, the, the two, one in the side by side, uh, the two best ones were pliny and the one that i actually picked higher than pliny was really? the hop sui from pizza port really i was shocked yeah but blind you know test, it was right? definitely yeah blind test and pulled it out and those two were two of the lightest in color hmm. they were more golden and they were around uh uh you know 11 SRM for the pliny and wow. hop sui was 18 SRM okay and then uh what's interesting is how many IBUs do you figure Pliny the Elder has?
2: Well, 160.
1: You're about 100 over. 68.
2: 68. You can only reach 100, right?
1: And how about, uh, the Hop Sui had, uh, 91 IBUs. Wow. And what's interesting is they did this whole, uh, analysis of all these beers and asked the brewers, you know, what do you think the IBUs are in it? And everybody overstated the IBUs by quite a bit. Um, you know, but you taste Pliny, there's a lot i am using that only bad 68? boy. You know, it like 68. Huh. Uh, what's interesting is they finish fairly dry. So on Pliny, it's, uh, like, uh, three Play-Doh, which is about 12, mm-hmm. 10-12. And, uh, the hop uh, is a little less than that, about, uh, 10-10. Wow. 10-11. And, uh, uh, you know, an alcohol of, uh, 9% in, uh, Pliny and, uh, 10.5% in the Hop Suey. And <clears throat> the, the critical thing on all of these, and, uh, there was a guy there who judges, uh, uh, the Alpha King Challenge and other stuff. And the, the thing that everybody agreed on is what makes a good Imperial IPA is drinkability. Hmm. You, like you were saying, you can't go, uh, to have have something that's cloying or too sweet, and so many of these examples had a lot of residual sweetness in them. some of them had a lot of caramel character mm-hmm. and uh you know and a lot of sugar left over and even if you're gonna add more hops to balance that mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out so good right you you really want it and and um uh the rest the uh, uh rogue was was not uh, part of this uh uh, panel. Hmm. But, uh, and I, you know, I like the rogue, like you're saying, but you really, um, you really need to come down in attenuation, get something that'll dry out a little bit, and get something that's not quite so cloyingly sweet.
2: Well, it'd be so full, I mean, it'd be you so can't full, drink body. It. yeah, you can not yeah. drink it. And,
1: Cause all the hop resins that you have in there that are giving you all, you know, yeah. and the oils and stuff, they're giving you all that flavor and aroma and all that. Mm-hmm. You know that in itself is a big load to swallow.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's it's really really hard to <laughs> justin uh, like that. <laughs> really hard to uh, get a a high gravity beer to finish low gravity. You know, right? I mean, especially right. if I mean IPA or any any type of high gravity beer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, your, your yeast selection definitely. But a lot of these are
1: starting out. In the, uh, since they're, they're attenuating fairly dry, they're starting out around 1075, 1080. That's okay. I mean, it uh, probably yeah, helps I mean, have I mean, a lower... It's, rip- it's big, but not not huge. Right. People are making these at, you know, 1-1. One, one. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah, and and you end up with too much sweetness and all that, and Man. you don't end up with a very drinkable beer. And the reason Pliny is so great, mm-hmm. and this Hopsui is so great, is that they're very drinkable. I could drink a pint of these easy, mm-hmm. and I could probably drink a second pint of them. Mm-hmm. They're... You know, hoppies all get out, but they're, they're quite, uh, uh, you know, quite delicious and quite drinkable. Well, quite, you, quite a good finish if to If you
2: them. get over 1.1 original gravity, I mean, at that point you're like an American barley wine.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: enter, enter as American barley wine. <laughs> If you get that high.
1: Right. You know. and, uh, and drink it as American barley, barley wine in small <laughs> amounts. <laughs> let it age for a few years. Yeah. Uh, but as, as a imperial IPA, you really don't want to have something that is, you know, quite that, that heavy. Mm-hmm. Alright. When we come back, we're going to get into the recipe for uh, making a great imperial IPA. We got a recipe here from uh, Mike McDowell, which uh, was uh, best to show at the 2006 Mayfair down in Southern California.
2: Call in 888-401-Beer
1: this
0: is the Jameel show
1: Alright, we're back. We're talking about uh, Imperial IPA today. Before we get into the recipe, I wanted to, uh, we got a little giveaway going on today. Yeah, we do. I don't know how we got thrown this bone, but we did. Who's we got a lucky two tickets to a Belgian beer festival at O'Neill's Irish Pub in San Francisco. This is for next Saturday, uh, the 16th of September, 2006. And this is a $60 value. Uh, the tickets are 30 bucks a piece. And... I tell you what, the first caller that, uh, is able to attend, that is local to this, uh, the station, uh, wins those tickets.
2: Gets a drink beer for free.
1: Beer for free. To a Belgian Beer Festival at O'Neill's Irish Pub in San Francisco. Definitely get Saturday a Saturday the weekend. 16th. Okay. Right, Free. All you gotta do is call in if you're local and can use those tickets. If you're far away and can't use the tickets, do not call in. To you should drive them there. Yeah, I I could drive you there. You yeah. could be the DD. Yeah, exactly. Uh Unfortunately, I think I'm busy that day. Okay. Otherwise, I would. I'm sure you are. All right. <clears throat> On the uh Imperial IPA, as I said mentioned earlier, uh Mike McDowell, uh, just a spectacular brewer, uh, was kind enough to share with us his uh, best of Show winning Imperial IPA beer, and not only did this win 2006 Best of Show Mayfair, I also gave—I'm not sure if it's this exact recipe or a slightly different one—Best uh, of Show at another competition that I judged uh, previous to this. Hmm. And I tell you, it's just a great uh, Imperial IPA. Uh, I don't know how it'd fare, you know, side by side with something like Pliny, but pretty close, uh, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And what Mike's using? He's gonna. He's targeting an OG of 10.99, <laughs> which is uh, you know uh, like six Plato more than Pliny, I think. Right, and he, he he adds sugar to reach that gravity. Well, and you have to add sugar. Right. You cannot make an Imperial IPA without some plain old sugar going right. in this bad boy,
2: unless you have a gigantic mash mash down. Sugar,
1: well, but, but you want the reason you have to is it needs to dry out enough. So, would you add corn sugar? You can add corn sugar, you can add plain old table For sugar. Sure. Hmm. Um, I would say you could go up, you know, as much as ten uh, percent on your sugar. Wow. Just to if you want to get the gravity up and if you want to you know, thin it out. If you're at ten seventy five, you may not have to add too much, but ten ninety nine. Uh Mike is adding uh let's see here, uh two and a half percent corn sugar. He's got uh sixty nine percent uh pale two row malt. You know, use an American two-row, uh, don't go with the English because it adds a little too much, uh, other stuff in there, uh, too much, uh, biscuity, uh, toasty, toasty characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's using 19% DME, uh, light DME. He's using, uh, uh, 4.8% uh, carapils, which I think t- just fights the corn sugar. So personally, I would drop it, but, uh, he's got it in there and 2.4% Crystal 40, 2.4% wheat malt. So in uh, a 12-gallon batch, he's got 29 pounds of uh, pale two-row, 8 pounds of uh, uh, a light DME, uh, 1 pound of corn sugar, 2 pounds of the carapels malt, 1 pound Crystal 40, and 1 pound of wheat malt. So his pre boil gravity must be about 1070, you think? pre boil gravity says uh,
2: 1081. Wow. Just out of his mash. That's amazing.
1: He's going with a 90 minute boil. Hmm. Uh, brew house efficiency 65% on this one. What's his mash temp? He'll mash this at 153, which is 67C. And, um, if I was to tweak this, you know, what I, what I'd do first is just brew this this way, the way Mike has done it. Brew it his way, get the results, and then, If you want to change the recipe, change the recipe. What I find a little annoying is people will ask for recipes. Mm -hmm. They go, hey, you know, you brew this award-winning, you know, whatever it may be. You know, can I have the recipe? Oh, sure, here you go. And then they go, yeah, I changed the recipe around a bit, added this, removed that, changed this. I'm like, well, then why ask for the recipe? You know, it's (laughs) like, uh, you know, if if you didn't want to the recipe, uh, you know. And I understand people want a starting point or something like that, but you know there's He's lots dressed. of starting points. But you know, give it a shot. You know, if if John gives you a recipe, give it a shot. If I give you a recipe, give it a shot. Mike gives you a recipe, give it a shot. And and brew it the way that the the brewer intended first, and then adjust from there. At mm-hmm. least you know what you're doing. If you blindly change things and then come back and say it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. It's Duh. like, well you know, did you brew it the way I gave you the recipe? Yeah.
0: No. That's a good point, Jay. It's like that's John. Like so hey, should I pitch warm or cold? Well you should pitch cold, John. Okay, that's a great idea. I'm gonna go ahead and pitch warm. <laughs> yeah, <save> it. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay,
1: uh you know. But then don't don't you know, so don't ask for the recipe. So you know, I I would I would brew it the way he's got it, but you know, my thoughts on uh on this, side. I think this is based off of the More Beer kit, the Plenty of the Elder it kit, is. right? Very close to it, yeah. All Right. So, I would, uh, personally drop the, uh, the carapils, and, uh, I'd, instead of DME, I would just put more pale two-row in there, and, uh, a little more corn sugar. So I'd go like 85% pale, and, you know, eight and a half corn sugar, and, uh, you know, a little crystal 40 and, and the Wheat Malt. I'd keep the crystal 40 real low. Again, these are, these are fairly light colored beers and they don't have a lot of caramel character in there. You need a little bit in there, kind of rounds it out, but, but not too much.
2: Mike's beer is pretty dark in color. I mean, it's amber. Yeah. You know, compared to Pliny's, I mean.
1: A lot of that comes from, uh, the DME, I think. Hmm. Um, and what's interesting is, uh, this anticipated SRM is 8.9 but uh it seems darker than the pliny and the pliny is uh 11 SRM actual measured SRM wow so there's a big difference also between uh you know the um, values that promash predicts and what you actually get right. you know especially in IBUs and stuff like that so on mike's uh recipe he's got uh oh uh ProMash is predicting a two hundred and seventy three point nine IBUs. Nice. We'll just round that to two seventy four. That's it? Yeah, two seventy four. Wow. Uh but again, you know, the reality is, you know, what you're gonna get in that is not gonna be two seventy something. Uh, you know, it's said that you can only get a hundred or so IBUs into a into a solution. But uh the, the result may actually be, you know, considerably less and uh you know a lot of it how bitter it appears and how well the hops come out is going to depend on good attenuation getting that beer to finish out around you know 10 12
2: what about water playing a role in hop flavor in this type of style of beer
1: well that's a that's a a good good question the water is going to going to make a quite a difference in, uh, you know, how the bitterness is perceived sometimes. If you have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, s- calcium sulfate in there, you have a lot of gypsum in, in your water, uh, it can accentuate the bitterness. One thing I, uh, recently heard or read from Greg Noonan, uh, he was saying that if you don't have enough sulfates in there, you, the hops can take on a soapy character. Mm. And I had actually noticed this. Uh, I've in, tasted in, that in, in beer before. Yeah. yeah. And I had wondered about that. And he uh, uh, says that uh, not having enough will uh, result in that soapy character. Now, you don't want to go overboard. Right. The big problem people do when they, they make these, uh, these types of beers and they want the bitterness is they dump in all sorts of mineral salts. And they overdo it, and the thing tastes salty or chalky or yeah, it's disgusting. Harsh, you know. It, it just it just gets nasty. Mm-hmm. So most of the water that that most people are using is probably already pretty close. Mm-hmm. You could you know tweak it a tiny bit, uh, and and I think you know turn out all right. But you know, d- d- controlled. You know, go controlled. Don't don't go crazy on this. Well, I'm looking
2: at Mike's recipe over there. I mean, he's got what twelve different hop additions. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. And I'll tell you right now, I'll kind of go through
1: this, but you're going to need to download the recipe yeah. in order to get this hop schedule. You're not going to, you know, don't try and figure it out over the air. Uh, you know, go to the, go to the com. go to the Jamel page. At the bottom of the Jamel page, there's a link to, to all the recipes. Uh, yeah, he starts off with Chinook, some Warrior, some more Chinook, some Simcoe, some Columbus. Northern Brewer, Centennial, Simcoe, Cascade, Columbus, Centennial, and Simcoe.
2: <laughs> now, do you think there was reasoning behind that order? Or um, was, do you think he just went to his leftovers and his freezer and his...
1: Well, this is like the Pliny the Elder kit with a Northern Brewer kicker. Okay. So the Northern Brewer in there, I think, is probably... He was... That McDowell
2: Had some leftovers. Influence. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> but, you know, it turns out great. Um... And, uh, you know, one of the things, with, with all this hopping in there and all this dry hopping and late hopping and all this massive amount of hops, the beer's not going to be crystal clear. You're going to have a hazy beer. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, all the uh, the uh, compounds, the tannins, polyphenols, things like that, uh, you're going to end up with a, a hazy uh, beer at the end.
2: It'll eventually fall out, but six yeah, months later.
1: Yeah, but then all your hop, hop flavor is falling yeah. out and bitterness will be 50% of what it was, you know, when you started, mm-hmm. uh, six months down the road. So, uh, as far as that goes, you know, it, it's going to be hazy. You're going to be adding hops all the way from the beginning through to the end. One thing you might want to do if you're, uh, making your own, uh, version of this is, uh, bump up the, volume of your if you if you're trying to get five and a half gallons in your fermenter you might want to make a six and a half gallon batch of beer or batch of wort to start with because you're going to lose a considerable amount to all the the hot uh bits and stuff if mm-hmm. you're using pellets or if you're using flowers i don't know how you, how in the world you're going to do this because your your mash tuns or your boil cups can be filled with flour. absorb it all and you're going to have a hard time getting the word out so you Really need to look at using pellets for something like this. And you're still gonna lose at least a gallon, uh, to all the hop crud in the bottom. Hmm. Yeah, don't sweat it, just make a bigger batch to start with. Don't try and press the word out of it or any of that crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Just, uh, you know, make it, make it happen.
2: Do you think there's any reasoning or thought behind the type of hops that you use in an IPA? I mean, you wouldn't use like six pounds of saws, would you? You know, to, to, to try and reach a double IPA.
1: I good, mean, good question. Good point.
2: And I mean, there's obviously a type of hop or a, a, a flavor you're looking for in the hops you choose,
1: right? Um, an interesting thing about uh, the higher alpha hops tend to have more of the aromatic hop oils hmm. and the, the all that hop flavor so like and hop oils. Or something. Or? The higher the alpha acid, generally, the higher concentration of those those things in there, and so. You tend to use a lot of high-alpha hops in these. One, it gives you more bittering when you need bittering, and you need a lot of intense bittering. And two, it'll give you more of those uh, aromatic oils and stuff to give you more flavor hmm. and more aroma in the finished beer. What and again, citrusy, floral uh, types of characters are, are desired.
2: Hmm. What about iso-alpha Is ISO acids? Which uh-huh. is a bitterness. Uh huh. So you would want to use a high alpha acid hop just to, well, to get those iso alpha, alpha acids into your beer because you're at such a high gravity, st- you know, malt beer anyways. I mean, would you want to use like a Columbus hop that has?
1: Yeah. you And you can, you know, you'd use it to get, uh, you know, uh, higher bitterness. Right. Cause again, this is a fairly bitter beer hmm. and, uh, a, a lot of the additions are later in the boil. Um, and that is going to still give you a considerable amount of bitterness, a lot
2: of flavor too, I'm right. sure.
1: And in something like this, if you used a lot of low alpha hops, mm-hmm. you'd end up with such a giant vegetable matter in the the bottom that you'd lose a lot. And uh, you know, it's a considerable amount of hops. Um, I didn't add it up, but uh, you know, Mike is adding you know a couple of pounds of hops here. It looks like.
2: Yeah, and more beers, planning the elder extract kit. They have over a pound of hops in it for five gallons. Yeah, yeah. It's like six or seven, mm-hmm. eight different editions or something. Dry hops and everything, right? What do you think about dry hopping an IPA? Do you think it's crucial for an imperial IPA? Um, I mean, yeah, d- yeah. I, I think, I think you really do need
1: to do it in this case,
2: just for aroma purposes, obviously. But
1: it gives you a different, different flavor than than the very late hopping, especially if you're. If you're going to um, take a while to chill down your wort, you're going to lose a lot of the aromatics. Uh you know, the faster you can chill the entire mass of wort, the more you're going to trap those aromatic oils in there. So, uh you know, if it's sitting there for a while and going through a, a counterflow or something into a into a fermenter and not whirlpooling, then uh you're going to need to dry hop too in order to recapture some of that. And it's and it's a different flavor, different aroma than it is from the late hopping. Mm. So it's complementary.
2: Definitely experiment with different types. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, definitely add uh some of those things in there. I did have a question
0: that came through about methods of dry hopping. Uh-huh. Uh from the chat room. And the person wants to know, you know, how long they should dry dry hop uh, how, how long of a contact time. And they notice that uh, their hops are floating on top. Mm-hmm. so should they occasionally or
1: one time shake up that carboy to get it into solution or is it okay that they're on top uh if you're putting them all in a bag and the bag is like floating three quarters out of the out of the, the liquid then definitely you need to weight it down or something if you're just scattering you know loose pellets is the way i do it and they're just, they'll spread out across the surface that's fine if you're using whole hops and they're stacked up on each other then you might want to kind of punch them down in there but otherwise if they're floating to the surface that's fine. Uh how long is a very difficult question to answer because it, there's a lot of factors. One is are you using whole hops or pellets? The pellets are going to go into solution and the compounds the lupulin glands are busted up. All that stuff is going to get into solution much faster than whole hops. The other issue is time is temperature and uh the amount of alcohol and uh you know any CO2 coming off all these these other factors. So uh what you need to do is and uh the amount of hops you put in. You put in more it takes less time generally. If you put in less it takes longer. And uh what you want to do is add your hops and sample that uh that beer on a regular basis every few days. Uh you know, if you added less you can sample like once a week. But you need to sample it and to see. And what's going to happen is, at one point, it's going to kind of get kind of a vegetable character if you leave it in too long. So you need to, you know, there will be a point where it peaks, where the flavor seems to be peaking. And that's, you definitely got to get it off the hops at that point.
2: Vinny from Russian River, he had done an experiment in nationals two years ago. And he found after about 14 days dry hopping, you know, secondarying it, he'll, you get a Apparent vegetable f- yes. flavor and grassy thing that people right. really don't really want. So you get that 10 game. to 14 days was a sweet spot. So also would you say with dry hopping to take the airlock off, cap it, just so you don't get the aromatics to come off?
1: Uh, you know, unless, uh, some gas is coming out of solution, I don't think that's an issue. Okay. Uh, you know, if you got CO2 coming out, then, then definitely, uh, that could be an issue, but then you don't want to cap it because it'll blow up. Hops everywhere. <laughs> and glass. And beer. All right. After this short break, uh, we'll be back and we'll uh, wrap up our discussion of Imperial IPA.
0: This is The Jameel Show.
1: And we're back, talking about uh, Imperial IPAs, going over Mike McDowell's uh, Pliny the Elder clone with a Northern Brewer kicker, which has gotten the best show at least a couple of times. And uh, we talked about uh, hops, but now let's get into yeast and fermentation, For these styles of beer, you really need to go with a clean Cal ale yeast. I would not use any other yeast. Yeah, you could try different yeasts, but really, you want to get, you don't want to add too many other flavors. You want something that attenuates well and is clean, that can attenuate fairly far. Uh, I like either the Y yeast 1056, or the White Labs 001. California yeast,
2: and you like this because it's highly attenuated, or
1: highly attenuates. Uh, it, it helps accentuate malt and hops. It uh, clean. It's clean. It's a good uh, strong fermenter. What I do is build up a big old pitch of yeast or a nice big starter on a stir plate. Get that slug of yeast, and I would ferment this around uh, sixty-eight to seventy degrees Fahrenheit, or twenty to twenty-one degrees C. And, uh,
2: clean it away, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I saw Mike McDole brew this beer. Yeah. And it's funny, he carries his wort down in open containers down to his basement, right? Uh huh. And he always repitches on top of a slurry, so he's got like half a gallon of slurry. Uh huh. And he says in a six hour, this thing is fermenting so rapidly that you can, and he doesn't really clean his <laughs> fermenter. <laughs> He's got shit piled up on the lid of his fermenter, like just all green goo, just hops, and this—it's amazing. Like he's not that sanitary, but this beer is so clean. I don't know. It's just, yeah. It was a trip to see him.
1: Well, the, and, and this is a style that's going to have a lot of uh, flavors and aromas to mask a lot of sins.
2: <laughs> right. The
1: the so you can have a few off things going on, and it's pretty difficult to pick up at times in something like this but so the the sin you cannot hide is not getting it to attenuate enough and uh you know to, to having too many caramel sugars like john was saying earlier if it's too sweet or too cloying something like that you uh you know you, you, you can't do that don't add a bunch of other specialty grains in there don't add a lot of stuff that's going to add all these other flavors and muddy it up you want just a clean malt character Then you want, you know, the hop bitterness and then you want the, all the hop aromatics and flavors in there. Mm. That's what this beer is about. And if you add, you know, too much junk in there, uh, really, uh, makes it very difficult to, uh, to finish. (laughs) Yeah, you you can't, you can't drink a pint of it. But you
2: definitely need a big pitch for this style. Huge. Yeah, definitely.
1: And, uh, actually I've been working on a new, uh, pitching rate calculator.
2: I, I, this thing is cool. It's, uh, I would, I I would trademark thing? this thing, man. Copyright the,
1: the, uh the, the The one with all the sliders and stuff, mm-hmm. and you can uh, adjust some of the parameters.
2: Rogue uses the Pac-Man yeast. Yes. And they're all about that Pac-Man yeast. Yes, yes. So.
1: Well, and the Pac-Man yeast must supposed to be fairly attenuative as well.
2: See, I'd use a Belgian yeast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I just had to see your Sure you
1: would. Um, uh, anyways, uh, what were we talking about here? The, the thing about the, um, beers we sampled up in Yakima was that, uh, the ones that the entire group, and this is like 60, 70 people from the brewing industry, brewers, um, big and small, uh, breweries from, uh, Boston Beer to, uh, you know, small brew pubs that are doing a, you know, a few hundred barrels to homebrewers, homebrew shop owner was there. Wow. Cool. So there's a, a wide range of people and out of this crowd of people, you know, pretty much very clear which beers were
2: preferred. Hmm.
1: And the ones that were not preferred, uh, the ones that didn't fare well tended to have a, you know, were much darker in color, had, you know, a lot of caramel, a lot of residual sugars. Some of them, the sugars, Ended up uh, kind of candy-like. Hmm. And have you ever had the beer with kind of like, it's like a sweet candy-like, so it's like a hard fun, candy. not fun you know? to drink. You yeah, and, and it's like, uh, it's and, and some of that is a little oxidation mm-hmm. with the, the caramel malts and with the malt sweetness. And you get that kind of oxidized caramel and gets that kind of candy uh, thing to it. Ends up kind of cloying.
2: you think the boil contributes to that at all?
1: the boil can contribute to that you end up with some unfermentables uh you know not quite a, a, as good an attenuation you're you you finishing sweeter uh you know too much specialty malts and um you know adding in uh you know uh, a little bit of oxygen sometimes you know oxidation hmm. all those things will degrade that sweetness and give you that candy sweetness hmm. you know that like like a hard candy type of sweetness um, you know, different from, from, like, a candy bar or something. You want to try some Listener IPA? Sure. I'll go get some. Break that bad boy out. And then we had a question about uh Dogfish 120, I think.
0: Yeah, people want to know your opinion, just of the beer in general, as an example.
1: I think it's a poor example of an Imperial IPA. I think it's an amazing example of um, kind of a uh, extreme beer an unusual beer um, I think uh, I had it in Chicago at the Map Room and it is uh, like a you know in the low to mid 20s uh, uh, alcohol percentage and it's got quite a lot of residual sweetness and then a ton of hops and you know it's it, it, you imagine something that's in the, the 20s as far as your alcohol level. You can't drink a pint. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it is.
0: And do they serve it in pints?
1: Uh, no, you buy a bottle and uh. Then, uh, you share it with like a bunch of friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, like a 750 mil bottle. Yeah. And I shared it with uh, like a half a dozen quaff members. And I still ended up drinking like five ounces of the stuff and okay. I was tanked. Yeah, you know, And it's amazingly drinkable. I again, mean, Dogfish brew some great beer, and it's amazingly drinkable that uh, you can make such a big beer and have such residual sweetness, and then the hops to balance. But it's not a good example of an Imperial IPA. Imperial IPA, again, would be lower alcohol, would be... uh uh, you know, not so much residual sweetness would be. You know, the malt is just it just carries the bitterness, just carries the flavor. It doesn't end up at at the end of a sip. You want another sip. You know, it's it's, it's that kind of beer. Okay. A couple other questions that came through:
0: difference between high and low cohumulone hops in the final flavor of the beer. They, they want to know because there's a lot of talk about that in the right. World, yeah. I
1: I think uh, Matt says. uh Matt, uh, Brennelson, uh, uh, he says that you don't really need to worry about that. That's not, not the issue in, in okay. today's, today's beer and today's hop. There's still some people that believe, um, you should watch out for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I I'm kind of on the side of the fence where I agree with Matt that, uh, you don't really need to take that into consideration as much anymore.
2: With this style of beer or? With, all?
1: Well, with this, when you're trying to get the intense hopping and all that, mm-hmm. if you were, uh, boiling out the hops mm-hmm. for a long period of time and looking at them just for a bitterness factor, mm-hmm. like you were making, uh, a Munich Hellas and you wanted to, uh, you know, use some high cohumulone hop and, and it was going to be a 60 minute boil and that was the only hop in there, I think perhaps that, that could be a problem. Right. But when you're using them in the flavor, or aroma, and you're, um, you know, going with a lot of late hopping, I don't think that's as much of an issue.
0: Hmm. All right. And last question I had come through is the use of a hop back
2: in a Good beer question. like this. Go for it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so go ahead. I, well, I've used a hop back once and it was a, it was a nightmare. Never hop back while trying to whirlpool. You'll, you just won't get the same flow rate. And then so in that case, you're
0: taking the wort out of your kettle, running it through a container with hops, right. then through your chiller, yeah, and then back can, into your yeah. kettle,
2: is what you did. Yeah. yeah. Bad idea. Just, but the use of a hop is great for aroma, filtering out trube. Uh-huh. Um, that's about it, isn't it? I mean, <laughs>
0: is there a better way to do it, Jamil, to not restrict your cooling? Fl- I guess if
2: you don't have a counterflow, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't want to use a counterflow yeah. with a hop back, but. A dry hop probably to you know, be more effective,
1: right? You can you can use the hop back uh, hot. You can use it cold. Uh, you know you can pass the wort through it. Uh, you know on the cold side of your chiller or on the hot side of the chiller. Uh, you know it just depends on what you are doing. Uh, you can whirlpool. If you are whirlpooling, you can toss the hops in and uh, get a very similar effect as to a hop back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you really need to to here is where a lot of the experimentation and being able to repeat your own results. So you can get uh, uh, controlled uh, process, and then you experiment, and then you try, you know, hop back. Or you try whirlpool hopping, or you try, you know, try just one thing at a time. Make your changes one at a time, and see what the results are. And each person's system, and each person's process, and fermentation, and all that is going to be a little different. And you know, for some people, something's going to work. You know, for you know, for John, it's uh, you know, brewing naked. Mm-hmm. For me, it's uh, you know having a nice clean ferment. <laughs> you know, so everybody's a, a little different that just way.
2: Be careful around the boil, right? <laughs> right. I did catch on fire once, so. <laughs> <laughs> that about covers it. Unless, uh, although Pushy Jack
0: wants you to know, Jameel, that he watched just the preview to the movie Hostel, and it made him sick to his stomach yes Jamil's favorite movie <laughs> I love that movie and it made him sick to his stomach just on the preview
1: <laughs> oh that's a great movie that's that's one of the best <laughs> movies I've ever seen I love that movie well I wanted to kind of recap the the recipe and all that again you're gonna have to go to the website to get this but uh, uh, Mike McDowell's recipe for the Imperial IPA uh, best of show beer uh, original gravity starting around at 1099 around 24 play 23 and a half play you are going to boil for 90 minutes. You're going to, in a 12-gallon batch, use 29 pounds of uh, uh, pale two-row malt, American two-row. You're going to use uh, 8 pounds of uh, generic uh, dry malt extract, light or ultra-light dry malt extract, 1 pound of corn sugar, 2 pounds of carapils, 1 pound of crystal 40, and 1 pound of wheat malt. Mash all that at 153 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. You're going to uh, run off your wort, your pre-boiled gravity 1081. You're going to add 2 ounces of Chinook, 4 ounces of Warrior, 2 ounces of Chinook, 2 ounces of Simcoe, 2 ounces of Columbus, 2 ounces of Northern Brewer, 3 ounces of Centennial. Two ounces of Simcoe, four ounces of Cascade, five ounces of Columbus, three ounces of Centennial, and three ounces of Simcoe. Of course, those last three are dry hop. The rest are spread out that is awesome. all over the place. Yeah, you're going to add a That's big, it? big load of, uh, ha hops. Yes. Great. So you need a big load in this one. Uh, as far as your yeast and fermentation, it's, uh, either the White Labs 001 or the Y-Yeast 1056 or a good option if you're using dry yeast is the uh, US uh, 56. That's out. It's not quite the same as the uh, White Labs or the Y yeast. It's going to give you a slight uh, soul-free peach kind of thing in there. But in a beer this big and this hoppy, I, I don't think you're really going to pick up on it. I think it's going to it's going to disappear. Uh, you know, you will get a, a better result. I think with the liquid yeast and a good starter. Make a, a big pitch of yeast and, and pitch that and ferment around uh, 67 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 to 21 degrees C. And, uh, try and attenuate that thing out. Again, this beer, the, the, the flaw you can't cover up is improper attenuation. If you if you end up with a sweet cloying beer, it's not going to be drinkable and balanced. Uh, you know, it has some sweetness, but not as much as you would think when you're designing the recipe.
2: I'll do some quick feedback on this beer. Uh sure. This is uh Sean Haggerty's IPA. I'm a loyal listener. I'm wondering if you had any suggestions on how to make this an imperial IPA. A little hot on alcohol, huh?
1: Yeah, it's um it's a little solventy. hmm so uh one thing is to uh you know make sure the fermentation temperature is um Consistent. Uh, consistent <laughs> yeah. and low enough, uh, you know, ferment in the, in the mid to upper sixties. And, uh, you know, pitch plenty of yeast. And, uh, you know, that, that would smooth it out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the one thing to change on this beer if I was to change something. And then, if you want to make it a, a imperial, you just jack up the, well, the gravity's pretty, probably pretty close. Uh, add a little more, uh, uh, base malt or, or whatever. And, uh, jack it up a little bit and, uh, you know, crank up those. You those get like, hops.
2: A, like a salt flavor at all? Kind of like, what we were talking about earlier, the the water kind of seems clashing with the hops. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's not a, it's, it's a good attempt. It's, it's not that clean. Yeah, there's a little bit, a little minerally,
1: um but it's not nearly as bad as, uh, uh, mineral-wise, you know, d- judging competitions, there's, a you know, people go way overboard. This isn't that overboard.
2: This is his first IPA.
1: Yeah, I, the only thing is the, uh, hot alcohols. Okay. Other than that, I think it's, it's pretty darn good. I think you're, you're pretty close other than that, 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 uh, hot, uh, uh, solvent alcohol there. Right on. Thanks, Jim. Great. So, uh, nobody called in for the tickets. You see, people are so focused on the information. Yeah. 401 beer. That, That's uh, nice. that, and they're spread out all over the world. That, uh, you know, the, uh, one guy in San Francisco just, uh, yeah. push should drive up here.
0: We give them away on Friday, uh, during lunch meet. That's what we'll do. Got tickets to a Belgian festival in San Francisco, so tune into lunch yeah. meet on, uh,
1: Friday. Those <laughs> listeners don't have a job, so. If you're local. Exactly. So they're ready to go. It's <laughs> on a Saturday go.
0: night anyway, so, uh, it doesn't matter.
1: Our know. listeners are employed, John.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, they
1: are. <laughs> a lot of good that does us. <laughs>
0: All right, so here's the deal. This is the IPA show. It will be up very shortly. On the 25th, the next Jamil show will be the Hellas Show, and the archive will be up uh, pretty much at the same time it airs live, is what I think is going to happen. You'll be able to get that. We recorded it earlier today, and it will air on the 25th.
1: Yeah, so don't call in on the 25th.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The phone's going to ring off the hook that day. I'm (laughs) sure it
1: is. It's it's the way it goes. We won't be here. We'll be on the the road to uh, Mandalay or... G A B F, one or the other. All right, up next is the uh, show from last night. Listener discretion is
0: advised. Enjoy. The Jameel Show has been a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jameel Show airs live every other Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Brewing Network.